Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Great to have you with us today. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and also with an office in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, You can find out more about Scott and the team by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott, great to be with you this week. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm sitting here in the dark, Walter. (laughs) You're in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the weirdest thing happened right before we're ready to start recording. Uh, It's it's just a weird thing you do. You just like to sit in the dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What happened is uh, our lights just went out in the office. Now, we have power. All the computers are working, you know, monitors, the TVs, everything's, everything's still going. But we just lost the lights in the whole office. So, yeah, needless to say, electrician's on the way. But it's kind of weird. It was just the lights went out. I reset all the breakers, thinking maybe it was a breaker thing. But, uh, no, they're, they still just remain off. That's such a weird issue to just have the lights, nothing else affected. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind Maybe of scary. A short because, or something. Yeah, a little bit. You know, you don't know. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, what's going on in that panel or something. So we're having somebody come out and look at it. We may have to pause the podcast midway if the electrician shows up. So we're, we're, we're on standby for that moment in case <laughs> that's it right. Well, maybe we can put him on. <laughs> Maybe he's got some good advice for us. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that we'll get some. Uh, we can do an, an, a segment about electrical boxes and financial planning. I'm sure we can find some parallels there. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. You know, like, how can you electrify your financial plan? Ooh, that's, that's a good one, Walter. Yeah. Or, or or we can go something about uh, you know drawing out your electrical plan is very similar to your financial plan. That's right. That's right. Or we could go negative: how not to get electrocuted in your financial plan. And we can talk about consequences and things like that. See. A new show idea. I'm writing it down for a future month right there. Yep, exactly, exactly. I love it. Well, while you're in the dark, I actually just returned from uh, from your neck of the woods, your other neck of the woods, the Bradenton, Florida office. I got to uh, go on a week vacation down in Anna Maria Island, just a little to the west there of Bradenton. So had a blast down there. Got to do a little bit of boating. Uh, No better way to social distance vacation than hop on a boat and go in the middle of the of Tampa Bay and stay away from everybody. It was beautiful. And and it's and it's just starting to cool down too. It's not stifling hot down there. Perfect weather. We had a rain out the first day. Rest of the week was gorgeous. Perfect, perfect. It was really nice. Caught a hammerhead shark. Wow, a small one, small small shark, but nonetheless, it sounds cool when you say it that way. Yeah, yeah. What a weird fish, by the way. Not to get too far off on a tangent. But such a bizarre, like when you see them in person and you like hold one and you really look at them, you're like, why is your head this way? <laughs> it's literally like nothing else, right? Like this is a very unique, unique thing. Like why is your head so weirdly shaped? And they're, they're very bizarre looking up front. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've definitely not held one. But I think I've seen one at the aquarium. That's about, at the aquarium. Yeah, yeah, it's about as close as I've got to a hammerhead. I actually dropped him. We took our dog on the boat, which was a blast. It was our first vacation taking him with us because he's such a crazy maniac. We usually have to leave him behind, but we were able to take him on this one. And he loved the boat. I mean, he was so natural and just inquisitive about everything. 
but just also very chill. He was loving it. And there was, when I had the hammerhead, there was this moment where I tripped and dropped the hammerhead. At the same time, the fishing pole fell over. The hook happened to swing right into our dog's mouth. And he, it didn't like hook him or anything, but there was still bait on the hook. And he was like, oh, cool. I'll eat this nasty squid. Um, and so he starts like trying to gnaw, gnaw at the hook with the squid. It's like my wife is diving at him to try and pull the hook out of his mouth before he swallows it or it hooks him. Meanwhile, the hammerhead's on the floor of the boat hop you know kind of wiggling and it's literally making its way towards my wife my wife's toe so and she doesn't see it because she's trying to get the hook out of the dog's mouth so i'm like diving for the hammerhead while she's diving for the dog while the hammerhead's diving for her toes it was like totally out of uh, if it had been slow motion it would have been a great netflix moment you know (laughs) everybody diving at each other you know walter you just made a a a good story great by ending it (laughs) off with that It is, uh, that's a good fishing story for you, right? You always have to come back with one good fishing story. That was our, that was our story. But dog was okay. Hammerhead was released and no toes were bitten. Oh, All was perfect, perfect. In the end. Well, let's hop into our conversation for the day to try and help people with their finances and retirement. Scott, we've got a good show on the way today. A preview of what's coming up a little bit later. We're going to handle a great mailbag question that comes to us from Sally. Sally's got some questions about her husband's, or should I say ex-husband's, Social Security benefit mm-hmm. and having access to that. That'll be a good question. Good. Uh, we're going to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show with kind of an intriguing question about an alternative first name. Ooh. More details on that to come. Can't wait. Um, but let's start it off a, a little serious today. We're going to talk about the, the, the Ten Commandments on today's show. Well, actually, it's a bit revised. It's the Five Commandments, the Five Financial Commandments that we need to follow. Nice. Should be fun. Yeah. These are the things that are worthy of being written on stone tablets in your retirement plan. So you'll see where we're going with this here with the first one, Scott. Yep. Uh, First financial commandment, thou shalt not compare your investments to the stock market without the proper context. Why would that be so important to be written down in stone tablets? Well, you know what? That's This is a great commandment. And unfortunately, a lot of people break this one commandment. Because it's very easy, especially with the media today. You see, you turn on the news, you see, you know, the S&P 500, the Dow, and, you know, certainly lately, post-coronavirus, we've had a nice run up in the markets and everything was going good. The markets rebounded good. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, up a thousand points and all this stuff on the news. And then you look at your portfolio and you're not up that much. You're not up the 10% the market was or whatever the case may be. And, what you need to realize is that if you have an allocation, depending on your situation, if you're you know, about ready to retire, you're going to be more conservatively invested, or if you're in retirement, everybody's situation is different. But those indexes and everything that you see, that's 100% stocks. Well, the majority of people, when you develop, when they're investing, they're not investing in 100% stocks because they don't feel comfortable with that amount of risk, or that risk does not fit what they're you know, their financial objectives are. So a lot of times people, you know, they, they look at the markets and they look at their portfolio and they're like, man, I'm just not doing good. But you need to put that in, in the proper context and that, you know what, you're not investing as aggressively as the market, so you can't compare it to the market. And that's where some people kind of get stuck and that they, you know, they, they break that first commandment. We don't want to break any of these commandments, I would imagine, right? Just like the Ten Commandments, we don't want to try and break any of those. Uh, We don't want to break any of the financial commandments either. So keep that in mind as we go through the show today. 
That's a good one, Scott. Uh, The second one for you. Thou shalt not give up before giving your strategy enough time to play out. This has to be like really sung from the rooftops, I think, because we're an impatient society. We're an impatient, you know, we're impatient beings, Scott. You know, when I think about this one, I think about an appointment I had just yesterday. Uh, I had a, a client come in. We, we, were, uh, we were going over a few different things. We actually had an attorney in the office here, and we were getting some estate planning work done. And then afterwards, he, he mentions the last statement. Now, we've only, he's probably only been a client maybe three, four months, okay? Uh, he pulled out his statement, and, you know, he, we were talking about, you know, his investments and how they did for the month. And he was compared, he thought it, you know, he should have been going right out of the gate, making, you know, great returns. And what you need to realize is that every day, every week, every month, you're not going to be up. Okay. It's just the, the nature of the beast. But we know that the investments in the portfolios that we're, we're working on, they work over time and they're going to get you to where you need to be. But it's going to be a roller coaster ride sometimes, depending on how aggressive you are on your way to get to the end of that time period. So I reminded them, I said, hey, you know, this is just one month. And, you know, we, we have to look over the longer term and that you're, you're not going to use this money for 10 years. Um, you know, let's look at this thing at the, the least amount of time you want to look is quarterly. But really the best thing is just looking on an annual basis, making sure you're staying on track. And then you want to judge over the long term and not look month to month and try to, you know, gauge everything on a very short time frame because it doesn't always work out. That's a great point. Yep. Uh, these things do take time, especially if you're thinking about retirement. Th- these are long-term conversations. These are a lifetime, not, a, not yep. a single moment. So don't plan like it's for a single moment. Plan like it's for long-term. Even if you just retire, you very well can have 30 years in your retirement. I mean, it is a long-term gain. You know, not that nobody ever wants to see you know, their portfolio fluctuate or go down, but the reality is, I mean, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen all the time. That's a great point. Great point, Scott. Uh, If you're new to the show, by the way, and you want to talk to Scott about your own financial situation, you can always do that and get in touch very easily. Uh, Check the description of today's show on whatever app you're using or the website, and you'll see contact info, or I'll give it to you now. It's 888-742-0111, the number to call, 888-742-0111, or online to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. You can also schedule a free consult with Scott at any time by going to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet that easy from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com. And again, we'll put links and info in the description of today's show to make it easy for you to find that contact info. All right, the financial commandments. Another one, Scott, thou shalt not chase big returns too late in life. That qualifier at the end of that statement is important. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people kind of get sucked in into this thing a little bit too because uh, you know they're talking to their neighbor, they're talking to somebody else that is in a different situation to them. And, you know, sometimes they hear about these, you know, I, I bought Apple and I'm up 20% or whatever the case may, may be. And people start thinking that that's something they should be doing. Well, when you're 70 years old or 60 years old or, 
you don't necessarily want to start taking those big risks because you're at that point now where you're retired, you don't have an opportunity to earn more money. What you need to be focused on is getting enough growth to maintain your goals and your lifestyle and what you're trying to accomplish. But then also protect the downside and make sure that you know, your portfolio doesn't blow up on you. And if you start taking that big risk and trying to get those big returns to try to, you know, grow your money, a lot of the times it's going to backfire on you. And I tell people all the time, I said, at this point in time, you don't need to try to get rich. At this point in your life, you need to maintain, grow, and protect. And that's really what you should be focused on once you're in retirement and not try to crank out 30% returns. Make sure that your investing and uh, planning style matches up with your stage in life. Really, really important. Uh, three down, two to go. Hey, uh, only five commandments to follow. This should be easy, Scott. If you've done a good job throughout most of your life following the Ten Commandments, then, hey, these five financial ones should be a piece of cake. Uh, thou shalt not ignore costs and fees. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, This is a big one, too. I don't know how many times I have prospects come in my office or, or new clients and they bring in their statements and they don't uh, you know they don't realize what they're paying for all these things sometimes if they're with a big firm they have an advisory fee they have a platform fee you know and they have all these other fees that are associated with what they're doing and sometimes those things can get up to you know three percent or more and especially a lot of the times with some some of the variable annuities and things like that you start putting riders on there and and those can get over four percent on the fees in there so you, you know you always need to be aware of it and, and fees obviously nothing's for free we certainly charge fees but fees are only an issue in the absence of value you need to if you're going to pay a fee you need to make sure that you're getting what you need to be getting out of it and you need to be aware of what you're you're getting for and the fee you're paying for it so like for instance with a variable annuity if you have an income rider on your variable annuity and you're fine with paying four percent for all that and you feel comfortable that's good that's fine but you need to understand that you need to understand what those fees are and if it's worth you paying for because if there's a four percent fee and your account earns six percent well, you're only actually growing your account 2%. So you, you just need to make sure you know exactly what you're paying for and what you're getting for it. I like that, Scott. Got a lot of good lessons in that one. And, and it's important to, I think, notice the distinction. It didn't say, thou shalt not pay costs and fees. Everything costs something in life and in financial world. That certainly is to be expected. Just don't ignore the costs and fees. Understand them. That's that's the key there. Important to remember that distinction as well. Yep. Uh, last but not least, Scott, thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. Yeah, this is this is a big one here, and that you know sometimes a lot of people. You know, if they're still working in their four hundred one k plan, they're gonna have a lot of maybe their company stock in there. Or you know, as their life changes, as you, as you look at when you're first 50 years old, well, let's say when you're 30 years old, you know, you're going to have a different allocation and a more aggressive stance than when you're 60 years old or when you're 70 years old. So you constantly need to be adjusting that portfolio 
you know, as your life changes and, and as different things happen throughout the phases, once you get to, you're in the accumulation phase and you get to the distribution phase, once you get into retirement, you need to have that portfolio invested differently. And rebalancing is important too, because really, if your portfolio is set up at a certain risk level and you've got, you know, to simplify it, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, and stocks start going up and up and up, and the bonds aren't growing as much, before you know it, your portfolio is going to have 70% stocks, 75%, maybe 80% stocks. And you end up naturally taking more and more risk than you anticipated or you originally thought you were going to in that account, because now it's 70% stocks and 30% bonds. So rebalancing will bring that back into alignment and get you at that risk level in which you feel comfortable with and which you're trying to accomplish with that portfolio. So rebalancing is a really important thing. Um, and then the, the diversifying, like I said, you want to have that portfolio adjusted and changed as you start getting older and you don't want to have a concentrated position kind of like in your 401k with company stock or anything like that because then, you know, it can bite you in the rear end if something happens with the company. We've all heard of Enron before. so We certainly have and don't want to fall victim to a situation like that. So there you have it, the five financial commandments. Uh, don't compare your investments to the stock market without context. Don't bail out of your strategy before you've given it enough time to play out. Uh, don't chase big returns too late in life. Don't ignore costs and fees, and thou shalt not overlook the importance of rebalancing and diversifying. Uh, Scott, if somebody follows all five of those tenets, they're in pretty good shape, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, some of them are a little hard not to break, so you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta be vigilant with them. And I think if you work with a financial professional, a fiduciary that's going to be on your side and helping you develop a plan, he's going to kind of stop you from breaking some of these commandments too. Yeah, it's a great point. So keep those things in mind. And if you need some help staying in good shape, staying in line with following these commandments and other elements of the financial world that you deal with on a, on a daily basis as you prepare for retirement and need that assistance, Scott Searles is there for you. You can schedule a time to talk by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. We're giving a call to 888-742-0111. And as always, contact info in the description of today's show, if that's helpful to you. All right, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better as we turn the page to the next portion of our program. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, kind of a fun question for you, at least I think so, on uh, this week's show as we sidestep from all the financial stuff to have a little fun. Um, if you had to change your first name, what name would you choose to go by? All right, now this is gonna you're you're gonna get a kick out of this. <laughs> I would go by the first name of Scott. Uh, I'm guessing because Scott is your middle name. That is exactly right. So, <laughs> yeah, I, my official name is Glenn Scott Searles, and my father's name was Glenn. So my parents named me Glenn also. But since the time I was can long as I can remember, they always just called me Scott. So I've always been Scott. I've always gone by my middle name. But, uh, you know, in school, they'd be, is, is Glenn Searles there? And it would always take me a second to realize they were actually talking about me. So if I, if I were to change my first name, I would change it to Scott. 
I like that. That's good. Uh, I imagine a lot of people would just flip-flop their middle name to answer this question. Um, My middle name is Ryan, and actually every teacher I ever had growing up on the first day of class would try to call me Ryan. They would go, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Storholt. And I'd be like, "Eh, it's Walter Storholt. And they'd be like, oh, okay. I just assumed you went by your middle name. And I would always be like, why would you assume? <laughs> why? why would you assume that? <laughs> My parents gave me the name of Walter. That's what I go by. They, they were always shocked. I can't believe you don't go by Ryan. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, I would go with uh, Wallace. Uh, I have an aunt who calls me Wallace all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I kind of like it. And I, I, I'd be down with it. So I could make the. And it's still similar to Walter, obviously. So yeah. uh, I, I'd go with Wallace. I think it's kind of a cool name. You know, when I look at you, I kind of think Wallace. So yeah, I could I could roll with a Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'm I've never been a big Wally fan. Um, although I've had a few people call me Wally, but not many. I think of uh, I think of of uh, Wally World from uh, the Vacation movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's a better association probably than like I, I think of geeky when I think of Wally. No offense to any Wallys listening to the show, but but Wally World's uh, mascot's a moose. That's true. Is it and that Marty kind of fits the moose with my personality. Wally the moose, so. <laughs> I think. Yeah, Wallace, Wally, Walter, Walt, eh, any W I could pretty much roll with. So All right. That's probably what I'd go with. Either that or uh, I've always liked my dad's name, Jim. I, 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 I think I'd love to be a Jim. That's just a cool name, Jimmy, Jim. You know, yep. any, any sort of variation of James I'd be down with. So my, my great-grandfather was actually uh, Walter, and then my dad was given James Walter, and so he had Walter as his middle name in honor of his grandfather, and then they named me Walter after my grandfather. See? So there, there's a reason. There's reasoning there. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, with, uh, with our kids, should I put Walter back as their middle name and kind of like continue the flip-flop tradition or, you know, go in some other direction? So that is, that, I, It's a good story, Ryan. Really deep questions. Really deep questions. Uh, well, you didn't you catch that, did you? I, I did. I heard. Oh, okay. I, I chose. Right. I chose to ignore you, like I, I did to the teachers after they made assumptions of Ryan. So. All right. Well, we can move on now, Wally. <laughs> oh man, now he's going for the Wally too. Uh, I shouldn't have told that story. I'm never going to live that down. Fantastic. Uh, all right, let's move on to answering one of our listener questions on today's show. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so for the mailbag this week, which, by the way, if you want to submit a question to be featured on a future show, use the contact form on skyboxfinancialgroup.com to do that. Uh, We have a question from Sally, and Sally's got a good one. Sally says, I just heard that I can get half of my ex-husband's Social Security benefit. Is that true? And then there's a great tail end part to this question, Scott. Notice carefully the wording. Can I really take half of it away from him? <laughs> Boy, I bet you a lot of people would like to take half of their ex-spouse's social security. Yeah, um, so there's just like a, this nice little tinge of revenge in that. Yes, in that I, I, I can sense that, Sally. <laughs> uh, you know what? So yes and no. Okay, uh, you certainly are entitled to get half of your ex-husband's social security benefit. But the good and bad news, I guess, Sally, is that it doesn't affect what he gets paid. Uh, so the, the way that it works is that if you had been married for 10 years and you have not remarried, you can, are entitled to half of what his full retirement benefit is. 
but you must be at least 62 years old to claim and get half of his benefit. And the, the trick here, too, is that an example is let's say your Social Security is $1,000 a month and your ex-husband's Social Security is 3000 a month. Well, half of that of his would be 1500 you get the higher of those two numbers. So if your Social Security was 1000 and half of his is 1500 you'd be able to get half of his 1500 But if yours was 1700 and half of his was 1500 you'd stay with your 1700 And that just makes sense. You wouldn't want to take the lower of the two numbers. So you're going to get the higher of those two. And the other thing, too, and I get this question a lot, uh, does, is my ex-husband going to know or my ex-spouse going to know that I filed a claim on his, on his Social Security? And the answer is no. They don't send him a letter saying, hey, you know, your ex-wife claimed half your Social Security. No. So they, they're not notified at all. You're able to get half of their benefit, and it does not affect their benefit. Now, there's a lot of little rules and regulations and different things that go along with this. Uh, so I definitely, before you, you start heading down that road, I, I would recommend that you'd meet and talk to somebody and make sure that this is something that is going to work, you know, that you know all the ins and outs and, and exactly how it would all work. But yeah, Sally, you can get half your ex-husband's Social Security benefit, and, but unfortunately, you're not taking it away from him. Yeah, and uh, probably a good thing overall, because what if the role was reversed, Sally? What if you had been you know, the worker all those years, exactly. and he came along looking for half of your money to take it from you? <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. So the, yeah, Exactly. Better to have it be an, entitle, an entitlement, like you're entitled to half of his Social Security. Is that the proper usage of, of that term? Rather than taking it, you're entitled to bridging off of half of his amount? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. something like that. Yeah, that'd be good. good term. I'll stop wading into those waters. Um, but yeah, that's uh, helpful information, hopefully, for you, Sally. Great question. Half yes, half no on uh, your two points there. Uh, if you have any questions for Scott, again, don't hesitate to reach out. 888-742-0111 and skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Another place to go to get more info on Scott and the team. All right, favorite part of the show. Time to find out what we've been watching. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. All right, Scott, what's been on the tube for you lately? Well, you know what? We watched this movie that we really enjoyed uh, on Netflix called, uh, I think it's uh, Hoobie's Halloween. Hubby's Halloween. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's a brand new movie with Adam Sandler and Kevin James and a lot of those, you know, Tim Meadows, all those kind of Saturday Night Live people. And it was funny, and it was kind of geared, you know, it's a whole family kind of of movie. But adults, I mean, my wife and I enjoyed it. So basically the premise is is that Adam Sandler, who plays the main character, Hoobie, he he basically, he's kind of like a nerdy dude, and he loves Halloween. And, you know, the premise of the story is that you know, he's always trying to make sure everybody's safe. He's going around saying, hey, you know, make sure you light your pumpkin and, you know, you have a fire extinguisher nearby. But he's going, he's all about Halloween, right? Everybody's decorations. And, but um, what happens is there is a real haunting that happens in the, and it's Salem, it's Salem, Massachusetts. 
okay, is where this takes place. So there be, on Halloween, there becomes a real haunting where people become missing and stuff, and then he steps in and saves the day. But it's funny, and it's just ridiculous, and if you just want a lighthearted, funny movie, I recommend it. Nice. That's uh, great. Uh, and he said it's on Netflix. It is, and I love the, yeah, I love okay. the Adam Sandler stuff. I'm surprised that that hasn't been like uh, shoved down my throat in terms of like being advertised by Netflix. I, I haven't. This is the first I'm hearing of this. So. Yeah, yeah. So look at and you know, I think because Sandler's production company has that contract with Netflix, he has to make so many movies a year or something like that. So <laughs> gotcha. He, the, so he's like, oh, let's do a Halloween one. We'll yeah, it so out he there. did a Halloween one, and and I like Kevin James too. He's funny. Yeah. Okay, very cool. I look forward to. Uh, I want to. My wife loves Halloween movies of all kind. I'm not a huge fan of them, but uh, I, I'd like to do it. If it's a new one and it's got Adam Sandler in it, I'll be down for it. So yeah, it's good. I will You're suggest sure. this one instead of her making me watch. Um, what's the uh, What's the animated one with Tim Burton? Oh, uh, that Nightmare Night Bef- Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, before she makes me watch that again, <laughs> I'll. Uh, We'll, we'll try and slide this one in here and then see if we can get through Halloween without having to watch that one. I hate that movie. <laughs> I just think it's creepy and weird, and I, I don't like Tim Burton stuff. <laughs> it, it's it's not a it, – it is – I mean, it, it's not a traditional Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, I used to be a big fan of Hocus Pocus, but I feel like I've just seen that one way too many times. Mm-hmm. That Hard to get through that one as well. I don't know. Halloween movies to me don't have the staying power that Christmas movies do. You can watch the same Christmas movies every year, yeah. but Halloween movies, yeah, this would be good to freshen it up with a new a new tale. I could, I could watch the Elf movie in July. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, There's just a different staying power for Christmas movies than there is for Halloween movies, in my opinion, my yeah. humble opinion. Uh, you know, we have not, uh, I can't really add anything to the list. I think last time I mentioned we were rewatching um, or going through Arrested Development again. Um, and we still are. We're still kind of working our way through that series. Uh, so we haven't really seen much in the way of movies or TV. We've been watching uh, some football. And uh, I'll say we've been watching the Browns actually play pretty oh, well. This oh, yeah. Season. Yes. So, it's fun. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's been kind of nice to see them have some good games and, and Baker pull out some some big wins for the team. and. Yeah, it's been exciting. So, been an interesting uh, NFL season already, that's for sure. So, I've thrown that in the list. Not really a recommendation. You either probably already watched that or you don't. But maybe I'll have something good for us next time to throw on the list. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for the Hoobie Halloween recommendation. Yeah, no problem. You'll enjoy it. Well, thank you, Scott. Appreciate the help and the guidance. And uh, hey, let's do this again uh, in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. I can't wait. Sounds good. That's another edition of the Retirement Toolbox in the books. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. For Scott Searles, I'm Walter Storholt. Take care. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.